Hey friends, I appreciate you tuning into the Deal Farm Podcast, where I hope you feel at least mildly entertained and possibly even inspired to take big action towards improving your life and your business. On this episode of The Deal Farm, Kevin and I talk with Fred Moskowitz about the very niche business of buying and selling long-term mortgage notes. If you haven't explored the opportunity that exists in notes, you'll love this conversation. See you on the other side. Kevin, what's shaking, my man? It is a fantastic Thursday, and you know what tomorrow is. Uh, if it's Thursday, that means, hold on, let me do some calculations. Um, Monday? Almost. You were close. Okay. It's the weekend. Is Friday the weekend? I think a Friday is the weekend. Oh, heck yeah. Friday is the weekend. Friday Absolutely. is the weekend. Absolutely. It's it? the weekend. Yeah, actually, I'm actually very excited for this weekend. Well, I'm more excited because my kids are excited, which makes it exciting for me because we're doing a, a road trip, just me and the kids, tomorrow to Greenville, South Carolina drum roll to see yeah 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 Tell dude me. perfect dude perfect dude perfect really oh my gosh have you watched these guys on youtube before are you like going to lunch together or something you're going, what do you mean i wish i didn't I, I didn't spring for the big package meet and greet in the back and unfortunately we're in the nosebleeds but uh there are new franchisees in greenville it's dude perfect <laughs> yeah exactly well, uh, perfect. They're doing a nationwide tour and I don't ask me what they do live. I honestly, I don't know. I've, I'm, we love their videos and whatnot, but I don't know what the live show is going to be like. I just know my kids are very excited to see them. Is it going to be like a bunch of trick shots in an arena? I guess you don't know. You got to go find out, right? I don't know, man. It'll be, I'm sure there, are, there will be trick shots involved. They are very, they've sort of morphed into more just like these big personalities. Now they're funny and they do skits and, and sketches and yeah. Uh, they're genuinely funny guys. Like I actually, I do enjoy watching the videos with the kids. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked. And plus it's fun to just do it an overnight with the kiddos. That'll be a blast. Be a good that, that will be fun. And Greenville's a fun town. If you're going someplace, yeah. that's, that's a great little destination. It's a very cool town. What about you? What you got this weekend? I am in recovery mode. We just, I took my daughter, uh, Gracie. We went to DC, uh, been there, just got back, oh, yeah. a couple day, uh, got back late last night. We were there for a couple of days, had a blast. I mean, had so much fun. Uh, so I was to celebrate her graduation. Uh, we've gone there several times before, but just, and now it's like, I need to sleep. I need to recover. <laughs> we like went at it for a couple of days. Do you feel like you've seen everything in DC at this point? Uh, I, I, you know, I, I've probably been to DC. I don't know, maybe 15, 20 times. I mean, I've really? gone a lot, but I still wow. feel like there's lots to be seen. There's so much to see in DC. Well, and the exhibits change probably from one year to the next, right? Yeah. Kind of like the, the museums and whatnot. Absolutely. Yeah. Like we went back to the uh, U.S. History uh, Museum, which, you know, been to that, but, but it was different. It was. Yeah. They, they had different stuff there. But you find other spots. But Gracie, she just wanted to go to a couple of the classics. So we went to some of the standards, which is nice. Great, she hadn't been for several years. Tell me you got some scooters going because that's oh, a lot some, of walking. Oh, man. Got some good scooter time in. Yeah. Uh, and that's because it's so much walking. So we did a lot of walking. So much, man. It really uh, is. But yeah, definitely rode. We rode scooters uh, all the way over to Georgetown, actually, uh, and hopped a boat and did a, one of those river cruises, which was fun. Oh, that's fun. Oh, very cool, yeah. man. Yeah, DC is a fun place. It good was. Times. We had a blast. Scooters, Ubers, the, the river cruise, saw a bunch of museums ate really well ate oh yeah lot. lots of good food that's good a, that's a good trip good that's a good summer trip we did the dc trip last summer it's a great little summer trip 
yeah. pushing with, with kids. Scooters. Now you're, Man, you're, the scooters make it fun. I mean, because that really way, because you're there and it's like, hey, let's go over to the Washington Monument. It's right over there. And it's like, yeah, but it's like a mile and a half. You know, hop on a scooter and then it's a fun ride. <laughs> you're bobbing and weaving in and out of people. It may be a hit a few on the way. I mean, you can't help it. This time of year, there's all sorts of uh, field trips too. You got these huge groups of people oh, that yeah. you get to kind of navigate around with the scooter. So didn't kill anyone that I'm That's aware important. Of. That's yeah. good. Maybe caused an accident or two. Um, I, let me tell you something. I am uh, I'm going to make an amazing segue into our guests because I actually am a little bit giddy about bringing them on because Fred is one of those guys that's in, an, in a space that's very niche for real estate investors. And it's a space that I don't know really well. Like I've done a lot of different things. I've, you know, I know a lot of folks and a lot of, you know, been exposed to so many things and I just don't know this space very well. And so I'm very excited to bring him on and just sort of pick his brain, you know, in this whole note buying space. Maybe you can talk to, talk to our audience for just a second about what he does. Note buying that, that is absolutely fascinating. I don't know anything about that. Well, I, you know, I think of hard money lending, right? So you got hard money lenders sure. as a short-term loan. Yep. Note buying, I'm imagining, is, is really going to be more about long-term loan, right? It is, yeah. So we've got, you know, we're private lenders and we have a hard money lending business and we work with private lenders over the years, but that's a short-term thing. Usually they're six months to a year. This is totally different. This is buying existing mortgage notes that, you know, a lot of times they've been in existence for years and years and years and you're buying them could potentially be at the tail end of maybe even a 30-year note. And again, it, to me, it's such an interesting space because I've not been that exposed to it. I don't really know the nuts and bolts of how it works. And so I'm stoked to bring Fred on and just kind of figure out how he, he pivoted from being a real estate investor into the space. I'm so curious how he did it and what his business looks like today. Let's bring him in. Let's do it. So Fred, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ken. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on today. Man, we are thrilled to have you. Hey, so tell our audience uh, what part of the country you're in. I'm in Philadelphia. I'm on the East Coast in Philadelphia, the birthplace of our, our nation. <laughs> Just a little bit of history in Philly, right? Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Well, you got big plans for the summer. You guys doing anything fun? You going anywhere or is Philly just so great? You just want to hang out for the summer. Yeah, definitely taking it, uh, taking it easy here this summer and focusing on building our business. Yeah. Well, so speaking of business, you are specifically in the note buying business, which is an, it's an area that always intrigues me because I've done a lot in real estate. We, and we've got our hands in lots of cookie jars, but one, one area that I haven't really honed in on, and I know enough about it to probably be dangerous, but have never really implemented is the note buying space. So when I had an opportunity to get you on the show, man, I, I was very excited to just sort of dive into the nuts and bolts of it because there's not that many guys, there's a lot of guys in real estate, but not many guys that are, have niched down yes. to note buying. So I'm just, so, how did you get into this? Exactly. It, it is quite a niche area. Uh, but how I got into this, I'll tell you, Ken, I had started out having a very long and successful career working as a computer engineer. And I spent many years working at different technology companies, startup companies. And what happened was I watched my entire industry get flipped upside down because we had the dot-com boom and then the bursting of the dot-com bubble. And right around that time, the September 11th terrorist attacks and, and all of that. And so there was so much turmoil and uncertainty in the world. Mm -hmm. And the tech industry was in shambles. Mm -hmm. Companies going that. under, bankruptcies. Yep. Uh, and so what I learned during that time 
was that I was way too dependent on the income from my job. My paycheck was my only income source. Mm -hmm. And even though I loved my job, I loved the work I was doing, it was always full of all these circumstances completely out of my control. And I learned that no matter how talented of an engineer I was or how valuable of an employee I was, if things were not going well at the company or in the economy, that uh, I could quickly lose my job through no fault of my own. Mm. And so that is what inspired me to start exploring the alternative investment space and the whole concept of buying and building assets, assets that you can invest in, grow in value, and they generate income for you. That's what I wanted was the cash flow hmm. so that I had other sources of income. And so I turned I turned to real estate investing, built up a rental portfolio in, in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And then after a number of years, um, I started learning about node investing. And finally, through some uh, great personal relationships I had, I had the opportunity to buy some notes. And I, that's how I got started. And it's been it's been a wonderful journey. What I've learned about node investing early on was that uh, there, there's really three three main components to it, three benefits. First of all, um, you're investing in something that's backed by an asset with tangible value. So you have mm -hmm. downside protection, mm -hmm. right? As a secured lien holder. Mm -hmm. uh, second is that notes are customarily sold at a discount, which mm -hmm. in the real estate world, that's what we all want, buying a property for less, less than... Uh, than value. So mm -hmm. getting a discount. And the third was that you could earn a really high rate of return. Yep. yep. And so when I uh, saw those those three aspects together, I became very interested in uh, in node investing. And so it's been it's been a wonderful journey and uh, over time uh, transitioned out of the engineering space and now this is my my main focus. So you are still working a full-time job kind of through the 2000s, but also trying to do a little bit of real estate kind of on the side. Exactly. And then at what point were you like, you know what, this the income I can make over here more than supplements my full-time job? What did that look like? That's exactly what happened. Uh, when I started getting into, I started node investing in 2010. Okay. And uh, after a few years, I saw that I could really scale and grow that very quickly. Um, and so that that's what I was doing. And eventually came the day where I realized I was earning enough income from my investments to cover all my living expenses. Wow. Right. And so just from passive investments. Yes. Wow. And so when that happens, you experience this mind shift because mm -hmm. you transition from working because you have to, to now you're working because you want to, because you like what you do and it changes your entire perspective. And uh, it, oh. I found that to be very powerful. So, you know, a lot of people don't have the luxury of fully replacing their W-2 income before they take a plunge. A lot of people are just, yeah. they just sort of, I did that crap back in 2005. I was like, 
peace out guys. I'm going to try to figure this real estate thing out. And it was, it felt very risky at the time, but you sort of had the luxury of already having built up enough income to where it wasn't some big drop in lifestyle for you. It doesn't sound like. Yes, absolutely. And uh, there was definitely some tough times and gaps here and there. Yeah. Um, investment income can get lumpy and there's some uncertainty, but if you have the right relationships in place, you have the right systems and processes, and you own assets, right? Think about this. You own a couple of properties. If uh, things are not looking well financially, you could leverage some of those assets or sell them. I mean, you have options. Right. That's the main thing is knowing that you have options in life. That gives you uh, such a powerful uh perspective and a sense of peace and the inspiration to pursue what you want and yeah. take take some stronger risks um, that um, that can allow you to to achieve and free up your time and yeah. so that that's something I I went through and absolutely you have to work on your mindset you have to stay focused mm -hmm. uh, so that you're you're productive uh, but this is all normal, the normal struggles of being an entrepreneur, being a business owner. To totally. And yeah. I, I would say that surrounding yourself with the right kind of people, surrounding yourself with people that are already at the place where you want to get to mm -hmm. is so impactful. That makes all the difference. It's what did that look like for you there locally? Did you have a Rhea that you were plugged in with or who were these people I did. that sort of putting you in the right direction? Yeah, absolutely. I had had a local Rhea I was plugged in with. Uh, we had a, a nice community of node investors in the region as well. Okay. And so we would be meeting on a regular basis. But also going beyond that, uh, I attended a lot of conferences and events specifically around node investing. Okay. And so – Think about the energy that you feel when you get into a room with three or five or a thousand uh, other investors, right? And you'll meet many successful people, and that's what really shapes your mindset, and it helps you to build powerful relationships. Yeah, relationships with people that become maybe your next uh, business partner or someone you do a deal with and do a transaction with that you, you engage in trading. Um, and um, that that's really powerful. I would say uh, relationships, I've found that to be one of the key components to, to my business. Absolutely. And you are a hundred percent preaching the same message, especially to our franchisees that just come into the business we, we tell them, spend a lot of your time just networking and building relationships because those relationships just create opportunities. They just do. They do. And if you're not creating relationships, you're missing out. You're really, you're going to struggle to build your business. It really, any facet of real estate, whether it's note investing or wholesaling or whatever it is, you got to build relationships there locally. Any business, uh, yes. really, it goes for, for any business. Surround yourself with uh, people that are successful and, you know, that, that's going to make such an impact for you, right? It's that that well-known Jim Rohn quote, you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. That's it. So true. So true. So I'm curious, you know, how you made that pivot from you were, were you fixing and flipping or buying some rentals? And then you're like, 
I think I like this note investing better. How did how did that pivot? Take yeah. So I I've never gone involved in fix and flip. Uh, I did plenty of renovations, but these were all long term buy buy and hold rentals. And what I saw was that um, I I met people in the investment community that own many houses. 50 houses, 75 houses, 100 houses, very large portfolios. And I, I could see it's that's tough. That's a tough life. A mm -hmm. um, lot of headaches and it's difficult to scale. But what I f saw with the note business is that it's very easy to scale a large portfolio. Hmm. And so you would see successful investors, they built up a portfolio of 10 notes, scaled it to 20 and 50 and 100. And it's very easy because most of the work you do is upfront. It's in the initial deal analysis, putting together the deal, performing your due diligence, getting things situated. Once you have that, I mean, we board our, our notes, all of our loans, we board them with a loan servicer, and then they take over from there. And it's almost like the, a loan servicer, the same way that a property manager manages a rental property on behalf of the owner, a servicing company, they manage the note on behalf of the lender. And so that takes a, a lot of the day-to-day hands-on tasks off of our plate. And so we're able to focus on raising capital and finding the next opportunity. And yeah. that's that. Those are the most important uh, tasks and priorities of a node investor. Right, right. And so, was that about the same time? Then you left your job. You're like, okay, this this is going to be the formula for my success. Let me just focus all my attention. Yeah, absolutely. About about the time I I left, that's when um, I was forming a, a note fund, which is similar to a real estate syndication. And focusing on on that and growing the portfolio and really dedicating full time to growing my business, growing my own skills and abilities as a business owner as well, mm -hmm. yep. and focusing on building those relationships, as we mentioned earlier. Sure, sure. So 13 years later, just what does your business look like today? Just curious, how many, what does your day to day look like? And how many notes do you guys manage currently? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a lot, a lot of notes. Uh, we're we're focused on um, relationships, relationships with our investors, relationships with trading partners, the people we buy and sell with on an ongoing basis, um, and as well as uh, doing research, research, due diligence, those those type of things. And so that those are the main areas of focus. And I do. I do a fair amount of speaking, of speaking engagements, uh, love doing podcast interviews and, uh, and writing, right? I, I, I do a lot of writing. I feel that it's a great way for me to give back to others because I'm sharing, sharing through my body of work yeah. uh, about different skills, different ideas, different concepts. Uh, I love teaching about um, alternative investments and giving people concepts and ideas, things to think about, things to learn from that are not in the mainstream. Right. And they're more of niche areas and you have to go out of your way to learn about them. But right. it's very powerful, very powerful. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so interesting. Speaking of writing, maybe tell us real quick. I know that you wrote a book. When did you write the book? And maybe give us just a little of the, the 30,000 foot view of what that book yeah, is. Yeah, absolutely. My book is called The Little Green Book of Node Investing. It's available on Amazon. Uh, was written in 2021. That's when it came out. And it is a high level overview of node investing for someone that wants to learn about it whether your interest is to be a passive investor where maybe you're investing in a note fund that's actively ma that's managed for you and you receive passive income or if you want to be hands-on in the note business where you're buying and building a portfolio of in individual notes we cover all of those different strategies how to get started how the how notes get bought and sold on the secondary market um, and also different chapters about performing due diligence, performing deal analysis, and portfolio managing, managing those portfolios of different vendors that you need to use. And uh, a couple of chapters on what is one of my favorite topics, which is how to use self-directed retirement accounts in your investing. Totally. Um, because that's something that I feel does not get spoken enough about and not many investors utilize that it's so important i'll tell you what ken in with node investing here's why it's it's a really powerful thing node investing is an activity that generates a lot of tax liability hmm. because it's because just income yeah, it's interest income. You have some capital gains. You have no write-offs, no depreciation right. like like you do with real estate. There's none of that. And so if you're successful as a node investor, you're generating a lot of tax liability. And so consider this. What about the idea of doing node investing inside of a self-directed retirement account? Hopefully it's a Roth, Roth IRA or mm -hmm. Roth 401k where you're not subject to any taxes. And the power of these two strategies put together is super impactful. It results in exponential growth hmm. uh, of your account, of your portfolio. And it's something that's available to just about everyone. Yeah. 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 Folks, if you haven't taken time to learn about self-directed investing, especially as it relates to real estate, do yeah. it. There's too much opportunity out there to, to not be spending some time looking into that. Hey, so let's talk for a second I, just about the nuts and bolts of what it mm -hmm. looks like to invest in a note. Because a lot of people are hearing this and they're like, does this mean like being a private lender? And that's it not really what we're, it, it is, but not really. Because for the most, you're talking about buying longer term notes, not like these short term yes. private lending opportunities. That's, we're talking about long term notes. Yes, that's correct. Um, we focus on buying uh, residential mortgage notes, yes, they're longer term. The term varies. It's It can be all over the place. Uh, you'll see 30-year terms. You'll see maybe you're buying a note that's in its last couple of years. There's five or four years left on the amortization schedule hmm. and everything in between, right? You, you see that. Now- yeah. I mean, it's it, what's interesting to me is how many people don't realize how many of these private notes exist. Yeah, I think the average person just assumes everything's you know Wells Fargo and Chase, and they're all conventional mortgages, and that's not the case, right? Well, there's both. 
what I focus on are institutionally originated notes. So really? yeah, they've been originated by Wells Fargo and Chase. And um, what happens is those loans get sold at some point after origination. Mm-hmm. And everyone's been through this, right? You go and buy a property or you refinance a property and then within a couple of months after closing, you get that letter from, from the bank saying, dear Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, please be advised your loan is being sold. Here's the contact information of the new lender. And starting next month, go ahead and send your payments to them. And by the way, don't worry. None of the terms of your financing will change. Interest rates the same, payment amount the same, everything's the same. And so that's the secondary market at work. And those loans, they end up getting packaged, put into a uh, mortgage-backed security or some financial product. And then after a few years, it gets collapsed and broken down and all those loans get resold again. And so we'll buy loans. They've passed through many hands before they got to us. Maybe they originated five or 10 years ago. It's very common. And so that's the area that um, that I specifically focus on. But there's others. There's the short-term loans, the uh, seller financing originated loans. There's many, many different uh, categories uh, that, that are available. So uh, some different people, like they like different products, but usually it comes down to what you're familiar with. But uh, institutionally originated loans – they're they're done in a very standardized way and mm-hmm. uniform, and so I, um, that that's what we focus on. And they're the most plentiful, frankly, sure. I mean, because of the origination volume. And so uh, that that's what we what we focus on. You know, that's, that's so interesting because I you know I know a handful of guys in this space, and I always whenever I've heard them speak at events, it's always been these privately generated originated mm-hmm. notes that people are trading. I don't think I even realized that the average person can can get into the institutional notes that have been sold multiple times on the secondary market. That's not absolutely realize that. So, yeah. I mean, like like you said, most of them get bundled into these mortgage backed securities, right? Which back in the day, everybody was familiar with. That's kind of maybe maybe what helped cause the collapse back in 2008. But I don't think I realized that long term, they eventually unpackage those yes. or collapse those packages and then sell them off individually. Is that how I didn't? Yeah, well, they're sold off in, in smaller quantities. Maybe they go from thousands or 10,000s of loans sold together, right? If you go on the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac website, uh-huh. they post every quarter the loan sales by each of those um, entities and they're huge transactions, huge. Sure. Um, and what happens is those get bought and split down and sold and, and resold. And so it, it's at all levels. There's bigger hedge funds, bigger note funds on wall street that they buy, buy a lot of these packages and hold them for a while. They collect the payments. And then after some time, Maybe they need liquidity or maybe they, they're closing out a fund uh, at the end of the year and then they'll just sell sell off the remaining uh, portfolio. And here's the other thing to keep in mind, Ken. The average life of a, of a loan, of a residential mortgage loan in the United States, it's five to seven years. That's what I would have guessed. Yeah. yeah. Even if, yeah, there's 20-year amortization, 30 amortization, they don't 
tend to uh, it's rare to, to that for them to go all the way to the end right um and so you never know as a node investor there's this element of randomness because you never know when a loan that you own is going to be paid off it can happen at any time mm-hmm. you get a notice from the from the servicer saying hey we have a payoff request and you have to appro- please review and approve it and you can see that it's going to a title company uh, so that the, either the property is being sold or they're refinancing and they're clearing out all the, the loans on the property. And so that can happen at any time. And so our job as node investors is when that capital comes back in, we immediately de- redeploy it as quickly as possible. So you're not mm-hmm. sitting on idle cash. Right, right. So talk to me for a second about what's what's attractive about an institutional mortgage that let's say call it five per four or five percent interest, maybe that's maybe. But I'm again just taking some average rates over the last however many years, ten years. What's attractive about that to you as a note buyer? Maybe that's matured for the last ten years. I mean, or maybe yeah. just throw out some scenarios. What's a normal scenario of a note that you're buying, and why is that attractive? There, there's many scenarios. Uh, I would say nothing's normal. <laughs> um, now, what's attractive? What's attractive is how much of a discount can you negotiate on that loan? Um, That's where the juice is, the discount. Yeah, it is. And there's discounts. It can range all over the place. I mean, you can buy loans that are 90 cents on the dollar, 95 cents on the dollar uh, for something that's solid, super safe. And then it goes down from there. 80 cents on the dollar, 70 cents on the dollar. Are you willing to take a little more risk? The discount can be greater. Maybe uh, there were some missed payments along the way, or maybe the documentation, the loan documentation is not fully tightened up and there's some issues with it, or there's title issues with the loan Hmm. that cause it to be um, non-viable in the market. A mm-hmm. lot of lenders, a lot of investors won't buy those loans. But if you know how to correct those problems, then you can buy that loan at a discount and then invest the money and the time to fix the issues, which these can all be corrected. Hmm. And now you've increased the value of your asset. How interesting. Yeah. And so these are some of the different strategies that um, that for us as node investors, we can put into into play and benefit from that sure yeah and so that that's very appealing and you know for someone starting out in note investing you're not going to want to take a lot of risk maybe you would prefer to invest in a note fund that's managed where the fund managers have all the expertise and experience and the relationships to buy notes and that's great and or maybe you buy only super safe notes at a lower rate of return mm-hmm. while you get up to speed, while you learn, build your experience. And then over time, this is the pattern I see all the time. New investors over time, they evolve. They're willing to take on some more difficult problems and solve those. And so you can earn higher rates of return there. And so uh, I see discounts all over the place. I've bought loans with all different types of discounts over the years and that's that's how the the marketplace works. Sometimes it just comes down to building a good relationship where 
you're you're in the right place at the right time and you you get the first call for a deal mm-hmm. because someone uh, someone's selling loans that's a great position to be in and for all of you real estate investors out there you all experience this as well right maybe you're you're at the top of mind for uh, a wholesaler or a broker realtor that has a good deal and they call their their top people first and yep. give you first shot at it. Same thing happens in the note industry as well. And, and so who are those people? Those are, are note brokers, I'm assuming, or who are um, they can be, they can be brokers. They can be other note investors, uh, note fund managers. Okay. Uh, these are all the people we, we transact with. There are trading partners. And uh, when things go well, when people like the way that you show up in the world and how you do business, if everyone had a good experience working with you, you're absolutely going to be top of mind when they're going to call next time. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, they're going to call you first. If you performed the first time and the transaction went smoothly, then yeah, it's that you're building a good reputation in that niche. Exactly. This is this is basic business, right? Yeah. So for that for that person that's brand new that doesn't this brand new to this world, and they're like, I want to go shopping for some notes. Like, is mm-hmm. there are there platforms out there? Where does somebody go to just start looking at opportunities? Yeah, there there are some platforms, but I recommend building relationships in person. Go to RIA events. There's always a couple of note investors in every RIA around the country. Go to note investment events. There are several of those. You go there and there's hundreds of note investors in one room. And so you can meet people that have notes to sell. Uh, Everyone is always buying notes and selling notes at different times. And so building those relationships and getting a feel for the marketplace, that's the way to get started. Hmm. Gotcha. So just because it is, it's a whole industry in and of itself. It's like insert yourself into the other people that are in that industry. Exactly. Build those relations. And it maybe they're not that hard to come by. Your average person doesn't have any idea where to go, but you start hunting these people down and involving yourself. And it sounds like they're pretty plentiful. Yeah. So interesting. Okay. So let's talk for a second about the risks. You've been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. How long, I mean, that's the first thing people are thinking of. Okay. Sounds like there's some opportunity here to get some pretty nice returns. And, and I'll maybe speak for a second too, like, you know, f- from an average perspective, what sort of ROI are we talking about and what sort of risks do you see that are involved? Yeah, ROI, it, it's all over the place. Um, I mean, it can be five, five and 6% rate of return. And then as you start going up on the ladder of risk, it gets up there 8%, 10%, 12%. Uh, you you can get up into the into the double digits, um, and so and ev- everything in between. That that's for sure. Hmm. That that's for sure. Um, and so there's there's a place for for every investor with that. And there's, there's clearly a high correlation between risk and reward, right? So yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. You want to like get up in the double else. digits? You're taking when, risk when you're starting out. Stick with the safer with the safer ones, yeah. right? If you're investing in a note fund, don't invest in a note fund that does hard money loans, and you know they're doing the twelve and fourteen percent loans for one year. Mm-hmm. So go with a, a a note fund that focuses has more of a longer term approach, and yeah, it'll have a lower rate of return, but it's a better place for for you to start with and mm-hmm. get comfortable with, and and then you build those relationships as you go, and then you can decide, see what 
what else is out there, see what's appealing to you, what you don't like, and then you know. And that's just part of the growth and evolution of, of an investor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a you natural know, process. You know, you think of some of the guys that are investing in in tax liens where mm-hmm. you know, there's this nice return for them. Some of them are in it for the return. Some of them are in it because they want the house. They're hoping that they don't get redeemed. Is that the case with note investing? Are there people that are investing in these risky ones because they actually would prefer to have the asset over the note? That That's a big, uh, big misnomer, I, I would say. Um, it doesn't happen as often as you would think. The, the, uh, the, that somebody would get foreclosed on or somebody would take back the house. Yeah, that, that doesn't that, happen as often as you think. No, it doesn't. Okay. It doesn't. And so uh, I see it often that people approach the note investing industry with that goal, with that mm-hmm. objective. Uh, I, I particularly don't like that, mm-hmm. but um, that that's my own personal view. But really what happens, and, and think about this, any of you that are real estate investors that bid at foreclosure auctions, it's frustrating, isn't it? There'll be a uh, hundred properties on the docket at foreclosure auction, and maybe a handful of them actually get sold yeah. during the, the day of sale right. because every single, almost every single loan, the sale is canceled at the last minute or it's postponed or something happens where the property doesn't get sold. The sale doesn't go through. Yep. And the reason for that is because behind the scenes, there's attorneys working. Um, maybe some kind of a deal is made between the the borrower and lender. Things, different things happen where um, it does not become necessary to sell, sell the property. Right. Yep. Yeah. And so for investors that want to go bid at sale becomes very frustrating because maybe they research all these properties and then they go to sale and every property they were interested in, it, it's not for sale. The sale yeah. gets canceled or postponed. That's what happens. Yeah. And so um, that, that's, that's the reality of it. But as the, the, the um, benefit to the lender is that no matter what happens, the lender is always a secured lien holder on the property and you'll recoup your money. It may take some time to get it, but it will get recuperated um, because the title on the property won't get cleared without resolving all the liens. Right. And that's the big protection for the lender. So for, for node investors, you know, we have a a really good protection uh, from downside risk. Yeah. Now, are there certain states that you just don't invest in because you know that that process is cumbersome and takes forever and it's judicial and uh, like, I don't want to mess with this? Just yeah, to- some investors do that. They have states they like. We invest nationwide mm-hmm. because of the way we're buying. We're buying pools of loans. And so they'll be mixed and scattered across different states. Gotcha. So yeah. I'm just curious, in your years of experience, how many times have you had to go down that road where you had to take the asset back and then you had to deal with getting it yeah back it, it really and... it really doesn't happen that often wow wow yeah um it doesn't happen that often once in a while uh, i've seen where a property was vacant and you know something happened to the homeowners they they passed away or they abandoned the property yeah. and those yeah the, those will go back to to the lender in those cases 
Yeah. But it really doesn't happen very often. And that's that's a good thing. I I think that there's a lot of support. There's different um programs from the government that sponsors different programs for helping homeowners that are in foreclosure or in trouble. And they're very effective. Yeah. They're very effective and they help people that um, can get back on their feet. And another thing is properties get sold. If someone is uh, in trouble, they have plenty of time to put the property up on the market and sell it. And in today's real estate market, it doesn't take long to get a property sold. True. And most people have equity. It's, you know, they, they've appreciated, like you said, if they're in trouble, they can sell it and they'll probably cash out some money at the same time. So, yeah. Well, and so actually, you know, that brings up another just interesting question. What did it look like for you guys during COVID with the moratorium? How did that affect note buyers and people had the ability not to pay? Yeah, it was interesting. There was a lot of uncertainty during that time. And um, we, in our portfolio, we had very few issues. I mean, we had a lot of notes. Yeah. And maybe people would get behind a little bit because their work got shut down and they were out of work for some time. But then eventually people came, you know, people went back to work and things picked back up again. And so really there were not many issues. I mean, there was so much, the stimulus and and all that. So uh, most people were in a good position financially and um, could keep, keep moving along. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, big of a a problem. Now, the the benefit that I saw was there was definitely some liquidity crunches that happened at higher levels with some of the larger funds. And all of a sudden, they would be selling off. They had to sell loans off quickly because they had to raise capital to um, handle the liquidity demands and so we saw a lot of great notes get put out for sale in the marketplace all throughout the pandemic. Oh, interesting. Which was great. A lot of great opportunity there. And uh, because of all the uncertainty, there was investors that were not comfortable doing any acquisitions at all. So it, it was some interesting times for sure. That's in, I didn't even think about the fact that it maybe created some buying opportunities as well, because absolutely yeah, everybody feels like they're on an unstable ground there for a minute. Such an interesting space. I'm still fully just intrigued by this whole thing. Again, I've, 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 I've flirted with it, but I've never delved into it, but I'm so, I'm so interested in it. So, I mean, I'll be honest, uh, as soon as you and I are done, I'm buying your book. Cause I, I, I legitimately want to read this thing and understand it a little bit better because I feel like there's so much opportunity to get into this niche. And even from just a, you know, a periphery, I don't have to, you don't have to be full-time in this, right? You can be right. passive. You can pick up a mm-hmm. one here or there, or get into some funds and generate a pretty nice return on investment and be diversified. Right. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say, Ken. It's an opportunity to diversify because real estate investing is great. It's a great asset class, but this is a way to get involved in something that you have a fairly good understanding about. Everyone, just about everyone has bought a property with financing before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we we underst- we're investing in something we understand the fundamentals of it and and it generates cash flow for you. And so it's a chance to diversify out of 
other uh, active investing areas that, that you may be involved in. And uh, that's a good thing. That's yeah. a good thing for any investor. Yeah. Well, and especially if you can, if you can involve yourself in a fund where there's diversification built in, you're not, you're not just buying yeah. one note that may perform and may not, but now you got hundreds of notes that are. That, that's a great point, Ken. Absolutely. When, when you invest in a fund, your investment is getting spread out over hundreds of notes or thousands of notes. It's the same. Um, it's the same principle as when you uh, switch from investing in single-family houses to investing in a multifamily property. Right, right. now, there's so much diversity yep. in the cash flow that you're in a much stronger position there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this was so good. So, so folks want to know more about you, more about your business. Maybe get on your newsletter. How can how can they do that? Yeah, absolutely, Ken. Thank you. The best way to connect with me is to visit my website, which is fredmoskowitz.com. And if you prefer a little bit of an easier spelling, you can visit giftfromfred.com and it'll take you right to my website where you can learn more about me. You can connect with me, uh, request a uh, special report about node investing. I'm happy to email that out and um and sign up for the newsletter and if you prefer to do texting you can also text me by texting the keyword money to the number 215-461-4433 and i always love connecting with investors learning about what uh, different people are are doing in the investment space and uh, having great conversations building relationships because that's what that's what the business world is all about. So I look forward to connecting with you. Reach out. And uh, Ken, it was so much fun being on your podcast today. Thank you. Oh, man. Thank you so much for coming on again. You reignited in me this need to learn a little bit more about note investing and possibly get involved. And I'm I'm not kidding. I'm definitely going to jump online and buy the little green book of note investing, a practical guide for getting started with investing in mortgage notes. Folks, check it out. Again, the website, the easy one is gift from Fred dot com get on his newsletter learn about note investing fred thanks again for coming on man this was fantastic yeah absolutely ken thank you so much all right take care man that was good wasn't it really interesting man and just a nice guy i just i really like spending time with him he's such a genuinely nice guy obviously knowledgeable but he's been at this for a while but i tell you one of the, one of the takeaways for me is you know how much we talk to our franchisees about how important it is to network when you're getting into the business, how important it is to build relationships, figure out who the other people are in your market that are doing what you're doing. It's the same thing for note buying. It's a mm -hmm. very niche space, but there are people in conferences and networking groups who really are just focused on note buying. And if it is one of those spaces that you want to get into, it's the same thing. You got to network. You got to be around the people that are doing it, right? And what a great way to diversify a portfolio. You know, if, if you've focused on traditional investing, buying, flipping, buying holds, man, what a, what a great uh, segment to get into just to diversify a portfolio. Absolutely. Yep. It's still an asset class. You know, you think about houses are assets, notes are assets. The same thing It's just slightly different asset class. And, and you, there's some really safe opportunities to get in, you know, where there's equity, there's history, there's. To, to me, it's it's a it can be a real safe place to park your money for some amount of time. Yeah, really fascinating. I say we do this again next week. I I love learning and, and meeting new people. This has been a lot of fun. Learn learning is fun. It's not just fundamental, Kevin. It's fun. Well, learning is fundamental, or is reading fundamental?
<laughs> well, both are at the end of the day, Kevin, both are fundamental. You know, I'm just a bill, just a bill on Capitol Hill. And I had a great trip in DC. <laughs> oh, was ridiculous. All right, man. Let's do it again next week. All right. Take care. See you, man. Friends, thanks so much for making it all the way to the end of today's podcast. If you or possibly a friend has any interest in learning more about real estate investing or opportunities with Red Barn Home Buyers, take a minute and head on over to redbarnhomes.com and check out our investors page or our franchise page, or just drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Can't wait to see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm.